Hi everyone and welcome back to Finding Purpose with Melanie, the podcast. Today in episode number 11, we are going to be talking about mental health tools for the working professional. So many of us have so many roles in this life that we play. Son, daughter, mother, father, husband, boyfriend, wife, girlfriend, sister, worker, And I think that it's important to understand how to take care of yourself in your different roles, especially when so many of us spend so much time in the doing mind and in the workplace. So today what I'm going to go ahead and do is provide you 10 tips to regulate your emotions as a business professional. So before we get started, I just wanted to go ahead and say thank you all for your patience before I started recording. I know that it's been a while since I popped on the podcast to share some wisdom and some knowledge. And I would say, you know, as a fellow human being, there are many times in life where you just have to go through it. You really have to disconnect. And you have to walk alone for a while and really just kind of understand what is the life lesson that you need to learn in that moment. So I have been taking space for myself, disconnecting from social media, continuing my 30-day water challenge of drinking a gallon of water a day, keeping me out of any potential drama because I'm peeing all the time. And I've also really just been trying to get a grasp on what it means to be a therapist in the first place while taking care of myself and knowing that I actually come first before the patient and recognizing in all of my relationships the need to care for myself so that I can show up for others. So thank you so much for your patience and I'm so excited to be back online with you all. So let's go ahead and get started. Let's just take one deep grounding breath. How many times in life do we need to just pause and take one grounding breath? So the first tip that I really want to share how to regulate your emotions as a business professional is that you really need to know your values. Values are I like to say that there are internal compass, our blueprint, things that we care about, things that either uh, promote us to our purpose, or if we're engaging in activities that go against our values, we always know because it tends to be followed by guilt and shame. So values can be things such as your family, financial freedom, independence, creativity, humor, relaxation, um, self expression. So really understanding and knowing your values, I think is one of the most important things as a business professional. The reason being is that often the goal is that your values will align with your works, with your works values. However, a lot of times we actually don't see that connection and we can lose ourselves if we don't know what our values are. If we're in a, in a, if we are in an environment that is constantly requiring us to go against our values. I like to think about how to regulate your emotions is if you're in a meeting and someone says something and it kind of triggers something inside of you, take that moment to pause and say, what just happened there? 
understanding, did that person say something that goes against my values? I think it's also really important to know your values in terms of what you're willing to give to the job and what you're not willing to give to the job. So if someone asks you to do something or say something that isn't actually who you are, how can you find the middle path in that? But if you don't know your values, I think that oftentimes in the workplace, we tend to feel really lost. The last thing I'll say about knowing your values is work is not going to give you everything that you need out of this life. It might give you stability. It might give you a sense of purpose. Some people do find purpose through the work that they do. However, when you know your values, it is important outside of the workplace that you intentionally engage in activities that promote increasing those values. So for example, one of my values is health and well-being. So I always take the time to work out, always take the time to go for mindfulness walks because I know that that's important to me. Whereas in my current workplace, I don't think that they value fucking physical health at all. However, it's hard in the mental health field. So knowing your values and engaging in activities aligned with your values is very, very important. So get to know your values. What you can do if you feel like you don't know what a value is or you don't know what your values are, I love to just Google a value sort with a ton of different values and descriptions. The first thing that I'll have people do is just put a dot by things that feel like, "Mm, that's kind of me. And then I actually have people, after they go through a list of 100 values, actually rank in order their top 10 and then discuss with me why they chose those top 10 values. And then I make them create some type of visual representation of those values because out of sight, out of mind, in sight, in mind. So tip number one, know your values. Tip number two. Before meetings, during meetings, and after meetings, take one minute to breathe. Five to ten deep breaths. I love the breath because it is a powerful coping strategy that no one knows you're doing. Trust me. You can take a pause in any challenging situation just to breathe. So if I know that I'm going to go into a meeting that is challenging or boring or is going to require a lot out of me, maybe I've had a tough day already or a tough home life already, what I really want to suggest is that we actually take time to center ourselves before we go into the meeting, to center ourselves while we're in the meeting, and then also to actually have an opportunity after meetings to take a few deep breaths as well. And I think centering before, during, and after are things that allow you to really regulate your emotions so that you aren't hijacked by differences in opinions. You aren't hijacked by additional workload that you don't agree with. So always come back to the breath and take time before, during, and after. Nothing wrong with just breathing. And trust me, no one even knows. The breath is such a powerful coping skill that you always have available to you. So why is the breath so important and why do I suggest tip number two? Well, when we're in stressful situations or we're anticipating stressful situations, actually our breathing, whether we know it or not, becomes really irregular. So we'll start to shallow breathe, we'll hold our breaths, and that Irregular breathing actually triggers our body's fight, flight, or freeze response. Because imagine like breathing like, 
what does that say? Like, I'm out of breath, something is happening, I'm nervous. So slowing down the breath actually reminds your body, I'm safe, we're okay. And it triggers our nervous system to relax. Take time to center yourself before a stressful meeting, during and after. And allow these times for regulation because you're better able to listen, problem solve, and then validate those in the room. So I want to welcome you to breathe intentionally during the day. Feel free to set reminders on your phone. My Apple Watch literally will give me reminders on when to breathe. And sometimes I think to myself, does it know that I'm under stress right now? Is that why it's asking? So take time to breathe. I do this one personally myself because every day at work is fairly stressful in the environment that I work in. Number three, know your vulnerabilities and know that they change day to day and try to improve your vulnerabilities. So I'm not talking about Brene Brown vulnerabilities here. I'm actually talking about vulnerabilities are things that make us more receptive to actually having really hard days. So for example, a vulnerability might be if I didn't sleep well the night before, I am off and this is personal for me. If I didn't sleep well, I'm off and no amount of caffeine can really substitute that importance of sleep. Like my brain is just foggy. I'm just trying to get through the day. I'm tired. I'm drinking a shit ton of caffeine, which then is creating ups and downs of crashing. So knowing that if your sleep is off, that's a vulnerability. And then think about how can you improve your sleep. The next thing I like to say is if I'm hungry, so taking care of your body. And I'm seeing clients back to back, I am off my game. I barely have enough energy. My stomach is growling. It's hard to focus. And I'm just not at 100%. If I'm dehydrated, it's hard to focus. It's hard to listen and be proactive. If I'm having challenges at home, in a relationship, with family, with friends, I can be in a meeting, I can be at work, and completely my mind just wanders away. So what are some vulnerabilities that you have? I want you to think about them in this moment. What are some vulnerabilities that you have? And try to improve those vulnerabilities. So for example, if sleep is one of your vulnerabilities, Create a sleep routine. Relax before bed, no electronics, engaging in reading, stretching, maybe drinking some tea. I love to have some essential oils. There's actually one specific for sleep. Put a little bit under your nose. Our bodies have an internal clock called the circadian rhythm. And that's why you might find sometimes on weekends when you decide that you're going to sleep in, you wind up waking up early and you're like, holy fuck. I was trying to get some extra sleep. Why am I up at 6 in the morning? It's because our body naturally gets on a rhythm of sleep-wake cycles. So if we go to sleep at all different times and wake up really inconsistent, it actually throws our body off. So try your best to go to sleep and wake up at the same time, even on weekends. I am no master at this. But I do recognize if I throw my body's internal clock off in terms of sleep, it fucks me up. So can you create a sleep routine for wind down and 
start getting on a schedule of going to sleep and waking up at the same time. In terms of electronics, I know that we're human. I know I have absolutely dropped my phone on my head. I have stayed up way too late, living that scroll life. But I truly believe if you just disconnect for 10 minutes, read a book, just stretch, relax, it really, really helps your sleep. So I want to encourage that as well. Knowing that we're human, 10 minutes, can you disconnect for 10 minutes? Okay. So vulnerability number two, do you struggle with hunger at work? I am notorious for this. It is hard sometimes living this single woman life. I am... Oftentimes on the go, oftentimes jumping from one activity to the next. And before you know it, I totally forgot to bring any food to work and I'm fucking hungry. So please make sure to carve time to eat. I know that life gets busy and when you're grinding, it can be hard to even fit a meal in, but do it anyways. Have snacks in your office. Take your lunch break. Take your lunch break and make sure that you actually never go hungry. When the body is nourished, our concentration and focus improve. So consider the importance of eating healthy during the day so that you don't get that after lunch slump as well. Because if we eat a a big meal for lunch, you'll often notice that you want to take a nap and it's harder to focus. So to think about what are things that you can eat that your body responds to that doesn't actually make you tired. So leafy greens, nuts, fruits, uh, pretty much raw food, to be honest, is actually really, really helpful. Um, But to think about if I'm eating something heavy, oftentimes I'm going to have to sleep that down. So what can you make sure to bring? Take your fucking lunch break. Just take it. You are getting paid for it or you're not getting paid for it. Either way, take your fucking lunch break. Okay, next about vulnerabilities. Are you dehydrated? Okay, do you look like a dried up raisin? Just keep it real with me. Drink your water. If you know anything about me, I swear to you, I am all about hydration. In fact, I often say that hydration is the key to success. I actually feel that if you take intentional efforts towards making sure that you're hydrated, your mental health improves. That is my own personal bias and I am sticking with it. So actually, I've been on a 30-day independent water challenge to drink one gallon every day for 30 days. And next week, Tuesday, it's Saturday right now, I'm actually finishing that goal. And I bought one of those big-ass motivational water bottles. I look like a fucking weirdo carrying it around, which I absolutely embrace because I'm a little bit weird. And we've been rocking it. And it's so interesting that when we're thirsty, honestly, we're, we're out of it. Like, we don't know, are we hungry? Why can't we ever satisfy our hunger? We can't focus really well. You might notice racing thoughts that you're more irritable. You even may be angry. There's a lot of confusion. If there is one life hack that I recommend at this, at the core, it is drinking more water. Look, you don't have to meet me at that gallon a day, but I am always down for a challenge. Like, I'm always down to do it. However, a good measurement is to drink half of your body weight in ounces of water daily. Get yourself an awesome water bottle. I also found that sometimes, and I know, like, go green, 
don't fuck with the plastic bottles. However, having water readily and easily accessible can actually be really helpful. So having like little bottles of water that you can just grab, go and drink, I also find to be really, really nice. So drink your fucking water. Drink your water. Okay, so next vulnerability is what the fuck is going on at home in your life. If you do not have a relaxing time at home, shit gets hard. Okay, let me get back on track. So you have got to find a way to separate home life and work life and leave that stuff at the door. There are days when I am worried about a family member, when I am going through my own emotional stuff, and it can feel impossible to have to put that away, but it is possible to just allow yourself to leave that at the door. It is really impossible to try and be present when you're ruminating about something else going on. By a raise of hands, who has ever found themselves ruminating? Ruminating is when you're thinking about something over and over again, and you're completely not in the present moment. So, are you a ruminator? It's okay if you are. Tips I suggest are engaging in mindfulness. Yes, I recommend mindfulness as well as my hydration and actually fully participating. So throwing yourself 100% into what you're doing at work can actually be really helpful to focus the mind. However, if home life is not a good life, it is time to reevaluate your home. I love living alone because I don't have to deal with other people's shit. When I live with someone else, we really have to come to an agreement. Like this has to be a really zen place, a really nice place. We can have little arguments here and there, but hey, don't kill my vibe when I'm at home. I need to relax and restore. So if your home life is not good, reevaluate what kind of changes do you need to make. I cannot share enough the importance of having peace in your life and in your relationships. It's not to say that challenges will not arise because that is not a part of coexisting with others, but it is really important to have peace. And if you find that more days than not, you feel that actually your home is really chaotic and that you're really struggling to find that sense of peace and balance, it might be time to clean up your space. It might be time to reevaluate the people that you have in your home or that you have in your life as well. This also applies to what is your cleanliness in your home. I am becoming a cleaning fanatic, which I, I wasn't always. However, when I have a clean space, my mind is better. My thoughts are better. I am better. Take time to clean your space. In terms of having a peaceful home environment, this actually also applies to family. Setting boundaries. What you can and cannot be involved in. Watch for triangulation. So triangulation is when two people have a conflict and instead of those two people working on that conflict, they keep coming to you about it. Exit that triangle, my friend. It is about them and keep encouraging them to talk to the person. Also rumination. So if there's challenges at home or in your family, I really want you to watch how much you're actually thinking about it and really forcing your mind into the present moment. If it's not about me, 
and you, it's none of my business. That is my motto. If it's not about me, it's not about you and me, none of my business. I'm going to exit right out of that. So tip number four, as best as you can, go outside for a few minutes and get a vitamin D supplement. I don't know who are all of my listeners, although I love you all very much. However, living in the Midwest, I tell you those winters are long and they are trying, especially when it gets dark at 4.30. Sometimes you don't le- you go to work in the dark, you leave work in the dark and that shit is terrible. So I have self-diagnosed myself with seasonal affective disorder, especially living in the Midwest, like I said, where you go to work in the dark and you leave work in the dark, completely missing the sunlight. Sunlight is vital to our mental health because it releases serotonin in our brains and serotonin is that feel-good boosting mood chemical. It's a neurotransmitter that actually has to do with feelings of focus and calmness. So sunlight naturally can help produce more serotonin. So get outside even if it's for five minutes and I'm really serious about this. So at my job... I am really missing a lot of outside time. So sometimes what I do is if I have to walk into another um, area, I'll actually walk outside to get there. Or on your 15-minute breaks, just get outside. Drink something, eat something, just get outside to try to get that sunlight. If it is literally impossible and you don't have any windows in your workspace, really consider getting a sun lamp. I really recommend... Uh, figuring out the sunlight piece and also that vitamin D supplement is super super important so fresh air and a walk it really can increase your energy tip number five create a ritual to end work work needs to stay at work especially when you work in a high stress environment I am literally speaking to myself when you are a therapist it can be really hard to not take that stuff home you I find that I can ruminate about it, I can worry about my patients, and I really have to recognize when my day is over, I am not going to get paid to do work in my head. So we have to create a end of work routine. So whether that might be ringing a bell, washing your hands, changing your clothes, you stop and drink a latte, whatever you need, but make it every single day because you'll start to actually train the brain to associate the activity to ending the day. So After this bell rings, I have a meditation bell that I ring, bing, 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 day is over, I'm not getting paid for any more counseling, I'm not getting paid for my worry, so I'm out of here. Like, patient, go, do the best you can, not my responsibility, not my responsibility. Okay, there are countless days where my vulnerabilities were high and I spent a lot of time ruminating about work and it's not healthy, so do your best while you're there. And then give your per- yourself permission to transition. What I feel like the pandemic has really taught us is that getting shit done right away really isn't that important. So I am a deadline meter. I like to, I like to say if I'm going to do something, I'm going fo- to follow through. I really like to have that value of dependability. However, if I don't get to it today and I know I can get to it tomorrow, I'm going to allow myself to do that. And I think that's super important. Allow yourself to transition. Number six, 
Take a day off every once in a while, not because you're sick, but because you need one. Okay, take a day off. Not because you're sick, because you need one. To my hustlers and to my grinders, I know that you love to work. I also know that oftentimes it is a coping skill and a trauma response to be over busy, but we won't go there today. Please allow yourself to take a few mental health days off. You will thank yourself later. It's not a vacation, although I do recommend vacations, and it's not because you're sick. It's because you're taking a personal day to just restore, rest, and relax. Your company will survive without you. Don't look at emails. Don't even let people know where you are. It is so vital and I cannot express enough. If you live in a household with other people, taking days off can often mean family time. I really recommend that you figure out a way to take a day off where you can do what you want to do and you can actually care for yourself. You will be a better worker. You will be a better partner. You will be a much better human being if you allow yourself to take breaks, even if you feel like you don't need them. I'm, I'm going to honor your truth. Even if you feel like you don't need them, take some days off. It can even be pre-scheduling them. Once every two months, I have a self-care day so that it's something for you to look forward to and that you have something that you can do to take care of your mind, body, and spirit. So take your days off even though you love to work. All right, number seven, learn to delegate tasks even when you prefer to do everything yourself. How many people need to learn this one? I have always actually preferred to work independently. I felt like I could do the job to my own level of perfection and not have to deal with other people's shit and producing the same amount of work and not meeting deadlines. And I'm like, okay, just bring it on. Give me that, give me that, give me that. I can get that done. However, as a leader, in general... It's important to work collaboratively as a team. So practice delegating tasks before, yes, I'll do it. Allow others to step up to the plate. I have been really working on this. So in meetings, instead of jumping to say, yes, I'll do that. I've just been sitting back and allowing other people. Be honest with your workload. So transitioning here, be honest with your workload. It is incredibly vulnerable to tell your boss no, but vital to your mental health if you cannot take on another task at this moment. Imagine yourself as a server and it's just like plate after plate after plate. If you do not delegate tasks off or be radically honest about your workload, you're going to get overwhelmed really fast. Do you know anyone who works well when they're overwhelmed? Because I do not. Like that is fight, flight, or freeze. It is impossible to do a good job ultimately you would have to start to increase your relaxation skills. I, I don't know why we live in this world where it's like, wow, you're, you're overworking. You're pounding yourself into the nail. Great job. Keep it up. It's like, whoa, like someone needs to notice like, hey, you got a shit ton on your plate. A lot of people don't notice that though. So it's up to you to face those fears, to be vulnerable and to practice saying no. One polite way to set a boundary is, I'm not available to do that task, but is there something that I could do to help you find someone else? 
So it's saying I can't take that on, but I might be able to offer you suggestions on someone who could. (sighs) I love that one. People do not know your limits until you tell them. Okay, it is not a weakness. People just don't know. If you're a yes person, they're going to keep throwing things at you. Know your limits. I notice that a lot of people drown in workloads because of the fear of delegation, saying no, being honest, thinking that they look weak if they don't do 100 million things at once. Again, trauma response. We're not getting into that today, but I really, really want you to be honest. Drowning in workload creates emotions of overwhelm and anxiety. We talk about already triggering those stress hormones, ultimately resulting in the inability to focus and be at peace. Now you're taking that stress home. That ego, it's for the birds. Let yourself work in a team, even when it's hard. I've been there myself. Okay, number eight. We're just cruising here. All right, I'm going to finish soon. So number eight, remember your coworkers don't have to be your friends, but they do deserve respect. And this is the same with your boss and your supervisors. Have you ever worked with someone that you just don't fucking like? You're just like, God damn it. I don't fucking like that person. I have been there too. I have also had bosses and supervisors where we have not seen eye to eye. In fact, my friends would laugh with me about this because oftentimes me and leadership do not see eye to eye but I have learned to work on it. So you're not gonna like everyone you work with, but I think it's important to not talk behind people's backs and learn to confront conflict if it is with a coworker for problem solving. So remember that sense of triangulation. Don't go to that that coworker of yours and talk shit about someone else. I always like to say what goes around comes around, so you gotta be careful about that. If something's coming out of your mouth, you're gonna have to hold accountability for later. So it's better just to face conflict right away to be able to overcome that. I always like to challenge my opinions of people also. So remember that our judgments of people may not actually be who they are. And I've been working on challenging it that by recognizing actually every single person has both strengths and weaknesses. If I am finding myself viewing the person as bad or any other judgmental words, I try to find a nugget of truth about a strength of that person. And I still try to find an opportunity to validate them. Knowing that not everybody has to be my friend knowing that I don't even have to fucking like you, but I can still be respectful and I can still see the value that you bring. I think that is really, really important. Your coworkers will think thank you about that later. Okay. Um, As a leader, give feedback, both positive and constructive. I think that this is really important, um, especially in the leadership role. I personally work in an environment where we're told everything we do wrong and we don't receive a lot of positive feedback. But I think it's important to know that you're doing well in certain areas. You're not a complete failure. And in fact, that model of business is one that I do not agree with. But get our paychecks and get out of there. So, however, if you're not quite sure about areas of growth, because we all have them, right? We always want to check our ego and say we always, everyone is doing the best that they can and we can do better. So actually, I learned the skill that if you're wondering about your strengths and weaknesses, ask your team for feedback. It is so vulnerable and so worth it. And I think as leaders, 
you should do that too to know that you have both strengths and weaknesses and being vulnerable with your team knowing of course there's certain things that you have to do being vulnerable with your team can really like bring cohesion together you don't believe me listen to simon senek you know he's all about that leadership you know leaders eat last okay uh we're almost there okay take time to get to know your team number 10 actually shit this is number nine okay number nine Take time to get to know your team. Who are you actually working with? Get out of your office every once in a while to know your team. Learning about who people are can actually help people feel safer and more comfortable at work. It also shows that you care about that person. One of my jobs, I was the head of staff appreciation and I led the staff appreciation committee. And one of the things that I did was I created a survey of questions that were completely like all about you what do you like what I even asked questions like what would be your spirit animal just completely off the wall but really personalized and this actually allowed us for birthdays anniversaries special events to create gifts that were tailored to that person and the coworkers loved it and I would make birthday cards and I would utilize Um, different aspects of themselves and it was just to say like hey you're not just a number you matter to our company so even the small things in the workplace of I was thinking about you it matters and if you're an introvert a social anxiety extraordinaire I challenge you still to ask a coworker a question about themselves this is even hard for me I would rather just be in my back cave. However, it is important to know the people that you work with so that you don't have to feel so alone at work. All right. So number 10 is to create a life outside of work so that work is not the center of your life. Ba-ba-ba-boom. Okay. So you want me to go to work from nine to five and then I have to have a life and do that every day for five days a week I know that it's hard and I really want you to create a life outside of work I want you to have goals and dreams and vision for yourself that are separate from the paycheck the paycheck might come right so if you have like goals financially um goals like for example um I'd like to publish a book, you know, money will come, but that those aspirations are actually different from work. So I think it's really important to create a work out, a life outside of work so that work is not the center of your life. If you do find it being the center of your life, then I think it's important to reestablish what your values are, reestablish what activities you might find interest in and start to actually build a life for yourself. So All right, everyone. So those are all my 10 tips. Know your values. Take breaths before, after, and during meetings. Know your vulnerabilities and actually try to change them. As best as you can, go outside. Go to your local grocery store and get that vitamin D supplement. It is not that expensive. Your body will thank you later. Create a ritual to end work. Did I forget my dehydration? Yeah, that's part of your vulnerabilities, but I'm bringing it back in. Create a ritual to end work, ringing a bell, getting a latte, changing your clothes, whatever it is, allow the day to be over. Take a day off every once in a while for yourself, for your mental health, not 
for anything else. Like allow yourself to take days off for you. Learn to delegate tasks, even if you prefer to do everything yourself. And remember, your coworkers don't have to be your friends, but they do deserve respect. And this is the same for your boss and supervisors. Take time to know your team and create a life outside of work so that work is not the center of your life. Peace out, everyone. Thank you.